0: On today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast, we talk about the captains the Houston Texans named. Also, we hear from Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton. Great content from those two head coaches. And we end off with a, I think, maybe even more iconic photo that may tell the story of Houston sports at this time. But, Cody, it is Friday, so we don't got too long with them. Let's start the show.
1: You are locked on Texans.
0: Daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in everybody to a Friday edition of the Locked On Texan podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by none other than Cody Davis. Woo! Had football, man. Got some. Got the Rams, Bills. Got them Texans playing football on Sunday against the Colts. That football feeling is back. UT takes on Alabama. Everything just seems mm. perfect. I don't know about you guys, man, but it's a, I'm getting emotional. We're gonna talk about what mm. Pep Hamilton and Levy Smith had to say in the second segment. Um, some very important information, and you know. What they had to say so we'll get into that however during this week the houston texans named their captains and friday is normally the days cody and i try to have some fun so we're going to keep that trend going we will have the youtube comments on saturday's episode we're dropping the bonus Uh, but mm. christian Kirksey, jerry hughes davis mills brandon cooks has been named and john weeks for the special teams they have been named as your 2022-2023 Houston Texan captains. And, Cody, you know, I, I have to disagree with who they chose. I'm sorry. What? Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, listen, Jerry Hughes hasn't played a meaningful snap for Houston. Played some preseason <laughs> games, and he's looked good. That's some moments, but Jonathan Gennard is right there. Like – like if you pick anybody It should have been Jonathan Gennard uh, I like going with Kirksey I, I think Kamau Gruzier Would have made uh, a lot of sense But for his third year A, a very anticipated year For Jonathan Gennard who said he feels As healthy as he's felt Before uh, A lot of expectations uh, I think seeing Gennard with that C on this chest Would have been huge And on the flip side I don't think Davis Mills should have been the captain Listen, if you talk about a player who wow. deserves being captain on that offensive side of the ball, you talk about a player who has faced adversity with this franchise, which is what you would want out of your captain to know how to react and, and how to handle adversity. I, I think the only player left from the 2019 draft for Houston, Titus Howard, should have been named the captain. He should have had a seal on his chest. I don't think it should have been Larry Tunsil.
1: I thought uh, that's what he was about to go. That's well, why I was looking only, at you kind of crazy. Only
0: because Larry Tunsil, he's one of those players that, if I can quote one of his more quotables quotes from this year, is <laughs> "dog, dog." So he's not necessarily a vocal guy, um, and and I, and I think I look at Titus as somebody that may be more personable than. Larry Tunsil, based off what we've seen on screen, so I thought Terry I mean not ter- Um Titus Howard, excuse me, was deserving of that captain on the on the defensive side of the ball. I thought Jonathan Gennard should have been the captain for Houston. Uh,
1: I I like the captain. I was
0: surprised Bryce Burkhead <laughs> didn't get a captain.
1: Well, and a you know. <laughs> and everything else in between. You know, John. I- I get where you're coming from, but at the end of, end of the day, I look at the captains who were named for this 2022 campaign, and I like it. First and foremost, I do understand that Jerry Hughes, um, he has not played any meaningful snaps like you just said for the Houston Texans. However, you cannot deny the fact that this is a guy who is a 13 year veteran. And I understand the fact that you would like to see John Grenar but this is a guy who is what a, a, a third, fourth year veteran. So there is a big significant gap. Plus when you talk about the Houston Texans and you talk about them being a somewhat of a veteran team of their veteran leadership of their veteran presence, it makes sense to why they went with Jerry Hughes. Now, I understand why you might have preferred Kamu Grugier-Hill over Christian Kersey. However, no, Kristen... I, I would have
0: preferred Grugier-Hill over Hughes. would oh, okay. Preferred over almost Hughes, anybody over, over Jerry Hughes. He just got to Houston a couple of months ago.
1: But, but once again, he's one of the most experienced players on this team. Thirteen years in the league—that means a lot to this organization. And two months, without the Texans being on their resume, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. You you're right.
0: You're captain of a team, and you only been with this squad for two to three months
1: veteran leadership that, that plain and simple and what he Never. is going to mean for that defensive front it it says a lot but you know christian kersey it speaks for itself there was times last season where the Houston Texans, you guys know, had some terrible games. And it seems like a lot of players was getting down on the field. As a matter of fact, on yesterday, um, Lovey Smith spoke about um, his decision on to why Christian Kersey was named captain. And they said there was several times throughout last season where players started to bicker amongst themselves, where players started to not be on the same same page. We all know the 2021 campaign was a total mess. And one of the veterans who stepped up and kind of helped ease the pain was Kristen Kersey. And of course another guy and you and you guys who've been rocking with this podcast already know this because I've been reporting this all last year, all throughout the offseason. I feel this was one of the biggest reason why I wanted to see them bring Brandon Cooks back and, He was another guy who was actually a really good veteran leader um a veteran leader for this organization with everything that was going on now the biggest thing davis mills of course like everything throughout this whole entire year forget campaign year there there are some speculations as to why the houston texans went with davis mills i wasn't surprised because on the very first day of training camp lovey smith already said that he was putting his vote in for davis mills john listeners and viewers ever since he took over as this team starting quarterback going back to i believe week 13 against the seattle seahawks we've been saying for this entire year davis mills is at a point where he needs to go out there and prove that he could be a starting quarterback for this organization with him having that c on his jersey is just another it's just another reminder that as to one why this year is important but two and most importantly it is do or die for davis mills you know when you take a look at majority franchise quarterbacks starting quality starting quarterbacks around the league a lot of them has that c on their chest and it makes sense as to why they voted davis mills as a captain
0: let's move on really quick to eric murray he got his contract restructured throughout the week as well um the texans converted 1.46 million dollars of his base salary into a signing bonus this helped clear up nearly 70 uh i'm sorry 700000 nearly $740,000 in cap room for the Houston Texans as well. And as you guys remember, Murray signed a three-year deal with the Houston Texans in 2020. He's appeared in 30 games and has 25 starts. And so uh I think that's a positive, if not too many positives that's been coming out about Eric Murray. So uh him willingly re- helping the Houston Texans make some more moves, uh help that money situation out you got to give credit where credit is due. And shout out to Nick Osirio and his front office staff for being able to come to terms and get that taken care of. Hey, guys, as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. And that's where LinkedIn Jobs come in. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job in minutes. Create a free job post, excuse me, in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on your candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. LinkedIn jobs help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL locked on NFL. That is LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. And remember, terms and conditions apply.
1: Well, all of the questions you're asking, I mean, that, it's very um, Because, I mean, you have to – the easiest thing to do is just hand the ball off and, just, and they run the ball down the field. So, you have to make a commitment to the run. And the only way to make a commitment to the run is uh, you isolate it on the outside. I mean, it's the reason why you go and, you know, draft a guy, you know, with the third pick in the draft. And you, you bring another guy in uh, that, that you like cornerback-wise. Uh, it's going to come down to that. I know everybody assumes we play cover two every snap, right? Tampa two and all that stuff. I mean, we do a little bit more. And um, it's hard to stop the run when you're playing cover two. So have to be able to do it all. But uh, the play action definitely gives us trouble welcome back in ladies and gentlemen to this latest installment of locked on texans and what you guys just heard was a sound bite from coach lovey smith talking about that there's a little bit more to the defense than tampa too and when he said that during his media availability on wednesday john listeners and viewers that really stood out to me because you know Ever since Pep Hamilton took over as offensive coordinator, we have talked a lot about the improvements we wanted to see on the offensive side of the ball. Especially when you go back over the last three weeks when you take a look at what the Houston Texans did on the offensive side of the ball. Um, we keep saying we want to see more. We want to see this. We want to see that. However, on the flip side of things, on the defensive side of the ball, we kind of let Lovey Smith Pass just a tad bit because yes the houston texans they have better talent on that side you know the front seven looks better the secondary is a hell of a lot better however the one thing that i kind of forgot about and i think it's important for us to talk about now is what enhancement do we want to see lovey smith do to his defense and i like the fact that he said and On yesterday, his son Miles Smith, the linebacker coach, also repeated the same thing to where they both said, Yes, we're going to run a Tampa 2 defense, but there's more to this defense other than Tampa 2. Everyone knows that's Lovey Smith's favorite scheme. And over the last couple of weeks, he has hinted at the fact that he has made some major improvements to his defense, especially how the Houston Texans can. Help stop the run for this upcoming season. And like we talked about a couple days ago, they have a big test on Sunday going up against Jonathan Taylor. But, John, listeners and viewers, yes, the Houston Texans did improve their talent on that defensive side of the ball. But, Levy Smith, although coach, he is still defensive coordinator. And this is a coach who allowed... <laughs> An average of 242 yards through the air and 142 yards on the ground during the 2021 campaign.
0: Yeah, but, you know, I hear that from last year. I don't think Houston had the players, the talented players that Lovey Smith probably would have preferred over the guys that they have right now. Over the group that they have coming into year two for guys that was on this team last year. And they've made some improvements in different areas. And I think that for people that are saying or expecting for uh, Levy Smith to just run a base cover two defense, have you not been watching the preseason? How many times have we seen Jalen Petrie at the line of scrimmage? How many times have we seen, you know, some of these guys move around? And I just think at this point, it, it, it can be considered lazy to just say a base cover two and, Uh, that's how we're going to run so i I applaud lovey smith for kind of stepping up for himself a little bit he has no reason Mm -hmm. to step up for like he doesn't have to validate himself to anybody but just like a reminder hey guys i know how to call defenses and that you know in in fairness we were kind of questioning what lovey smith was going to do in the beginning as well but we've seen some Mm -hmm. changes whether that had been in practice ota's cody for you and the games for everybody else to see i do want to move on over to pep hamilton he had an opportunity to talk on <clears throat> thursday and a very interesting com- uh com- question came his way pep hamilton was asked about davis mills and the checkdowns in the preseason and the question was was that by design or just him going through his progression pep hamilton responded with yes and no we do feel like it's important that you go through your progression like you said you go through your reads, and ultimately you take what's there. A lot of what we faced throughout the offseason and in training camp was our defense. Our defense does a really good job. Shout out this defense there. Our defense does a really good job of taking the ball away, really stressing your passing game. And it's a good test for us every day in practice. Uh, every day in practice. You continue it, it was a good test to get us to the point facing a really good defense on Sunday and just have the patience to execute the offense. Now I do want to respond to Pep Hamilton's, you know, quote there. At no point during his response, did he kind of like back Davis Mills. Um, but as an OC, are you really upset that your quarterback isn't turning the ball away? And that's, I think that's, that's, that's a twofold thing. In my opinion, you are going up against the defense, They did a very good job last year turning the ball over. And so far in our preseason, they've been able to create turnovers and and create takeaways. And so for your quarterback, I I think that David Smith has just been playing it safe. And that may be what we get this year, not giving your opposing team the opportunity to get some good field position to score. Uh, However, it is alarming that we have not seen that many shots, which brings me to the impact of the run game from um, he was Pep Hamilton, excuse me, was asked about the run game and he responded with, I never said we were a run first team, we're a score first team, they're scored by any means necessary. So, when we look at this game on Sunday, uh, Cody, you've been out there, uh, have you been seeing a difference from this Texan offense? Uh, Brandon Cooks has been out there participating, I think that's been the biggest difference of what we haven't seen that leadership and his explosiveness out on the field during preseason? Has there been any difference, or should we really gear up and be expecting Damian Pierce to get about 25 to 30 carries a game?
1: Yes, and I'm glad that you asked me this question, and it's kind of ironic because going back to Wednesday's practice, um, it was still during the filming session, and for those of you guys who don't know, uh, when you go to any sports practice, rather it's NFL, NBA, Um, MLB or whatever the case might be, the media has a a, a designated time where... You can shoot practices, John, as you know. And normally, a lot of the times, it's basically just players warming up, stretching, and they'll go through drills. And, of course, for the Houston Texans, a lot of the um, the the practice footage that you see, rather, from me, Big Sarge, Brooks, um, Jonathan, DJ, whoever the case might be, Fox26, everybody in Houston media, a lot of the practice footage that you see is when the Houston Texans go through their indie drills or special team drills, you know, a lot of walkthroughs. But on Wednesday, it was myself and Sean from Sports Radio 610. We were standing there, and we was filming the off off offensive side of the ball, and we noticed something a little different. And Pep Hamilton came up to us and told us, please don't put it out. Chopped it up with Pep Hamilton a little bit. He knows the show, so out of respect for him, and of course, you know, I'm building a relationship. I'm not going to tell you guys. I'm not going to tell you guys what I saw. Hopefully, I'm hoping that we see it Sunday at some point throughout the game, but what I would say is this. What he and the offense was working on took me by surprise, and I said to myself, hmm, maybe Pep Hamilton and the Texans are working on something where they did not want to show their entire cars throughout preseason so to answer your question john yes but at the same time it doesn't matter what they're working on it doesn't matter how good damian pierce is in a run it doesn't matter how good the offensive line is going to be at the end of the day we do not need to see davis mills play safe i understand it it's your job to protect the football or whatever the case might be But in order for you to solidify yourself as this team's starting quarterback beyond 2022, you got to go out there and show that you can be that type of quarterback who isn't afraid to take chances, take risks, and help this organization push the ball down the field. Because if it's anything like what we saw throughout preseason, yes, we will be sitting here in the next couple of weeks talking about Bryce Young and CJ and any other quarterback prospect you want to talk about.
0: Really quick before we get out of here, move on. Pep Hamilton did show love to the rest of the AFC South when asked about the run game impact. He said, when you look at our division specifically, it's a physical division. It's not just our offense that wants to come out and establish the run game. You see that in the Colts. They have a pretty good running back as well, as well as a team in Tennessee and, of course, Jacksonville. They're building a formidable bunch on their offensive line and their backfield. It is a way that – It is a way that has been really established for teams to win in the NFL league, um, the National Football League, excuse me, and that starts by being physical up front. I would 100% agree with him, and I like the fact that we are now having a conversation that Houston has a running back that can be presented to the conversation at the table for some of the best running backs in the league. We really are high here in Houston and i'm seeing a lot of national media very high on damian pierce and so you know maybe in a couple of years we'll be having that same conversation about damian pierce as one of the best backs in the league as well thanks for making locked on Texans your first listen today now make locked on fantasy football your second listen find the intellectual fantasy expert Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of nfl expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has Get your fantasy draft ready with Locked On Fantasy Football. Uh, a <laughs> iconic photo. Dropped. Yes, sir. And, and uh, listen, this is one of the few times I'm going to speak as freely as I want to speak. I don't care who feelings are hurt, but to see uh, Lovey Smith, uh, Dusty Baker, your boy. I don't know why I can't Steven think of Solace? Steven Salas? Steven Salas, to see that. That black picture with Lovey with the gray beard, man. Listen, that was, uh, I think, iconic. And uh, I think well, the Astros are doing good. They're gonna make the playoffs. Uh, we're going to see what Lovey Smith can do in his first year. I think that Stephen Solace, who I've been critical of on this on and off the show, um, but I think Stephen Solace may be more equipped than he's been. In his first three years in the the nba as nba head coach for the rockets uh so i'm excited to see what he can do but i just think that when you look at the coach of the city right now um when you look at the sports it's all about fighting back man like look at the rockets and the texans and what they've had to go through with their franchise players just kind of getting up out of town for whatever reason and they fought back (laughs) right they keep they're going to continue to fight back and then when you look at the astros um the entire MLB world hates the Astros, but they keep fighting back, and there's nothing you can do about it. And so hmm. I just wanted to mention that. Cody, I know you love that photo as well.
1: I love it, man, and I do plan on getting that photo printed out, and I will have it in my office somewhere, man. You know, I, I, I love that photo because, one, at the end of the day, like you say, man, to see the, the city of Houston have not one, not two, but three blackhead coaches – Rep all three major franchises in the city of Houston. And then, and then, it got even better because later they dropped the one with Calvin Sampson, the head coach of University of Houston basketball. And all four of those coaches. They didn't get Coach Young? Has done. Um, Did they? Because they had another one that dropped.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I bet you don't know who Coach Young is, do you? I don't. I don't. Yeah, Who's that? shout out to Coach Young, legendary – I really don't – I can't stand Coach Young, actually. I I, I love Coach <laughs> Young. I couldn't stand him. Coach Young was a basketball coach for Sterling. I went to uh, Sterling High School, and he mm-hmm. was the basketball head basketball coach. And so, uh, yeah.
1: But I, I love that picture of all four of them just standing there. And, um, John, you know, of course, I had an opportunity to cover three out of the four coaches who was on that – pitcher of course solid Smith and of course I began my career covering um University of Houston basketball during the 2019-20 season um which means I was there you know covering Calvin Sampson and when I tell you all of those guys are not just good coaches but they're just fun people just to talk to just to you know there's i've had several conversations with um steven solis of course the most um lovey smith starting to have some conversations with him and during my time covering university of houston um had uh, some opportunities to cover Sa- calvin sampson and you know held whole conversations with him And like when I tell you like all three of those guys, man, you know, I can't speak on Dusty because I've never been around Dusty, but all three of those guys are just genuine people. And, you know, you guys heard me say this a lot, man. You know, the one thing about covering both the Texans and the Rockets, John, as you alluded to, there are a lot of similarities between both organizations. And before moving on, I do want to play you guys a clip because for those of you guys who don't know, um, this picture came about a couple weeks ago. Um, Houston Rockets coach Steven Silas uh, made a guest appearance at the Texans training camp one Friday, and that was his very first time um, talking and meeting um, Lovey Smith, he, and he also talked to Nick Casario as well, and um, during his media availability that got started by the great, the GOAT. Mr. Mark Berman, Um, you know, Stephen Silas talked about how there were a lot of similarities between the Texans and the Rockets. And he also talked about how both organizations depend on analytics in hopes of getting the upper hands on their opponents. And when he was sitting there talking about the 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 similarities between both franchises, I thought to myself, Derek Staley is a number three overall pick. Jamar Smith Jr. is a number three overall pick. Let's see what Steven Silas had to say about both franchises having number three overall picks. Yeah, so I mean, right now he's trying to learn, right?
0: And uh, guys are kind of pointing him in the right direction. And for him, it's the learning curve. And here it's so important because like if you're in the wrong spot, it's not like in basketball, there's only five guys and most everybody touches the ball, right? But here, shoot. There's a, 11 guys who don't touch it and then there's you know nine more who, who don't touch it. so making sure you're in the right spot and helping the next man play well is probably what he's going through right now so yeah he, he's uh, impressive watching him. you know super quick and fast and all that but um, the learning curve is going to be interesting. Steven
1: the one thing I will say about both the Houston Texans and the Houston Rockets, we might not say the word win a lot throughout both of these seasons, but I know one thing, we sure are going to be talking about a lot of development and progression, to say the least.
0: Absolutely. I'm so glad you finished it off with that because I think that's what it is for these, these two franchises right now. Hmm. Uh, again, guys, I, I can't think of a coach that stepped into a situation like Steven Silas did, which is mainly why I've, I've given – you know, a, a pass in a sense because the way he, way he came into was just what he came into was just terrible. And when you look at You Smith, the question mark is, well, you've built this coaching staff. You have some great players in the draft. There's a question, question mark over your quarterback position. You don't win in this league without a quarterback. Uh, so I'm excited to see both of those men coach this year. Both of these franchises play ball this year. I am super excited to see the Rockets play basketball. For those of you who do not know, the Rockets is the team that could probably give me a heart attack. And so uh, (laughs) I have to watch those games in a state of mind where I wouldn't drive. That's a joke. If you guys watch the show, you know what the joke is. Uh, But thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter under under the name Locked On Texans and subscribe on YouTube as well.
1: And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-B-I-S underscore 24. The only issue I have with this picture, I think it was a year too late. Why didn't do this with David Cully, man?
0: Thank you guys <laughs> for checking out today's show. I mean, he could have done it was Johnny,
1: Johnny John, John. Jones? He he came later because they did a big one with all the coaches in the city of Houston, and he was there.
0: Okay, he was on CP time. Okay,
1: yeah, yeah, most likely. But they could have done this with David Culley, man.
0: I'm so glad (laughs) they didn't have Coach Coburn in there. You know Coach Coburn. You know Coach Coburn is. Mm -hmm. They should have had Coach Stroud in there. You don't know who Coach Stroud is. I'm just naming. (laughs) I'm naming some of my coaches. But until tomorrow, they should have had
1: David Culley. Put David Culley in the picture.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Until we talk again, guys. (laughs) Feeds.